Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on CageSidePress.com. I'm Daniel Gubby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. UFC heads back to the apex this week for UFC Vegas 52. That fight card is headlined by Amanda Lemos versus Jessica Andrade. And of course, we'll be breaking down that fight as well as two other of our favorite fights on this main card as part of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays, where we'll also give you an underdog and a parlay that we think will make your wallet fat. Plus, we're bringing you guys the interviews this week. Unfortunately, the interview we had lined up for a fighter on this week's fight card, uh, that fighter dropped out of his fight. So we are bringing you two interviews from fighters who will be fighting next week at UFC Vegas 53. First, I'll be talking to Tristan Connolly as he gets ready for his bout, as well as Mike Breeden later on in the show. But before we get to any of that great content for you, I got to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights analysis and free betting picks. It's like YouTube for sports betting. Head on over to betterthan.vegas where you can browse, search, and follow handicappers and sports personalities as they give you their thoughts on upcoming sports contests in every sport imaginable. In fact, if you head on over there each and every week for every single UFC card, I'm going to be giving you my bonus play that you can only find on the Top Turtle MMA page at betterthan.vegas. Better Than Vegas brings you this episode of the Top Turtle MMA podcast, and it starts right now. The hosts are ready. The fighters are ready. Listeners, make some noise if you are ready for Top Turtle MMA with Shockwave and Gumby. All right, and joining me today is Tristan Connolly, who fights Darren Elkins at UFC Vegas 53. That fight is on April 30th. So, Tristan, I know you had a fight booked back in October against Makwan Americani. You had some issues with your neck, a surgery. Uh, update us about that. How, how's that recovery been, and, and what are you feeling like now that we're almost to the end of training camp? Yeah, I, it was. It sucked. It was the second uh, disc replacement surgery I've had. Uh, all from ca- damage caused by a car accident back a couple of years ago, a few years ago now. And so hopefully now all the damage is fixed, though, then, uh, and uh, there's nothing else comes up because uh, right now I'm feeling great. Uh, training camp's gone better than ever. Like, uh, just basically it's just the weight cut now, you know, the final descent to final last couple of weeks it always gets more grindy and more grindy the closer we get. So I uh, just, uh, yeah, ready to make it all this time off worth it you know yeah and i was gonna ask you about that time off too like what what was the amount of time you were not allowed near a gym or what was the amount of time where you know you're just able to hit mitts and pretty much nothing else yeah well for months nothing nothing not not they you know they don't lift more than 10 pounds so yeah, yeah yeah that is pretty much impossible but um after a month you can start doing pretty much anything uh, non-contact, like just obviously don't start at a hundred percent, but I can like, I can start to run at that point, hit pads. I can lift weights. Uh, just, you know, just slowly ramp up the intensity over the course of that, uh, the next two months. And by three months you can start doing everything, you know, start, you know, start a little bit slower. And then by four months, pretty much a hundred percent, just as much as your fitness allows. Cause you know, you do lose quite a bit of fitness in the 
the time leading up to surgery and the, just right after surgery. Absolutely. And, and I was going to ask you too, you know, obviously you lose the fitness, you lose like, you know, the shape you're in, you lose your timing a little bit, yeah. but do you feel like you, you gained a whole bunch more now being a hundred percent healthy, probably for the first time since that car accident? Yeah. Oh, well, I felt pretty, you know, I, it, it, I, 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 I hope, I hope so. You know, like, I mean, I, it, it's always hard to remember what you always, you know, put, the past you don't really remember it properly right so it's always like oh do you so i, I don't even remember and what i was like a couple of years ago all i know is right now i feel sharper than ever you know i i even my time off i was still studying i was still looking at stuff i was still thinking about stuff so when it came back i had new stuff to try and uh you know it's not as much as the time away physically sucks it's like you're still growing you're still learning you're still you know thinking back on your all your experiences and how, how to make sure you don't make mistakes again. You know, mistakes are one of the, the greatest learning experiences we'll ever have. Well, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Now, I, I got to ask you, too, because, you know, you, like you said, you have all that time to think. The UFC had given you a name in Maquan Americani, a guy who had been recently in the top 15, even the top 10 in the UFC's featherweight division. Yeah. Did, did it suck sitting there thinking about that, stewing on the fact that, like, you had that big name dangled in front of you, and now you know seemingly it was gone. Yeah, oh, I was just devastated, man. Like uh, I, I, I was so excited to fight Macwan. You know, I was I, I, as soon, I, like as soon as I heard the name, I was like, "Give me the contract right now, let's go." This is I was un, un fucking, unbelievably stoked. So, uh, you know, I, and to have it. it come on again for the same reasons that i've had in the past like just you know it was it was devastating you know it was heartbreaking i uh, i mean the the only pros where i knew what the pro uh, the process going forward was because i already had the surgery and i you know i fought after having uh the first surgery so uh, it's uh you know like now hopefully like that's all there's nothing else in there i think that the that there's to be concerned about and i you know i got it two titanium discs in my neck and I'm good to go. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, like you said, devastated when that name was taken away from you, a guy you were excited to fight, but they turn around and give you another incredible name, a guy with, you know, tons of fans and people who are excited to see him every single time. And Darren Elkins, Exactly. Well, did, were you just as jazzed to get that name as you were Maquan? Uh, even more, even more. I actually thought I was supposed to fight, Darren last year and it just uh the date didn't work uh for him I guess so then uh, that's when I got uh got Pat instead so I you know I was like when I got Amir County I was like sweet another big name this is gonna be awesome but then I get Darren Elkins again and it's uh, you know Darren's just man he's I'm a I'm a fan of the guy you know he's been in the UFC since I started fighting he has fought the who's who like there's so like, I mean, so many eyes. Just everyone knows who Darren Elkins is. People, even if they don't, he goes the guy. He, as soon as you start explaining him, they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, no, like that. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's just and the way I fight, the way we play, I think it's a good, an awesome matchup stylistically, uh, and the fans are gonna love the fight. 
Yeah, when I was going to ask you about that next, too. Uh, you know, obviously, he's a guy who comes forward. He likes to swing it. He likes to mix up his grappling. But, you know, you you do a lot of those same things. You showed in that Michelle Pereira fight that you certainly can take somebody down and beat him up on the ground. You know, we, we've seen you on the regional circuit, too, swinging and banging. Like, wh- what kind of fight do you see shaping out here with Darren Elkins? Uh, well, Darren, yeah, Darren's very good at what he's good at, man. He... He comes forward. He he throws big punches and and grabs a hold of you and he just he rides you and strangles you and he drowns the life out of you because he just doesn't doesn't stop coming. So you know I the game plan is gonna be trying to let him come to me a bit. You know he uh, I, I I I one thing I knew no I do not have to worry about this fight is going to him. You know it's so, like I don't I don't need to. I can let him come to me. He's going to come to me. So like just let him come to me and and meet him where he comes in and. And, you know, see, mate, I think I can land my punches better than he can and stop his takedowns. And, you know, if I see an opportunity to take him down, I will. And so, you know, I always like to ask fighters before I finish breaking down fights with them. Do you have a prediction? How do you see this one ending? Oh, Darren's a tough guy. I think there's a good chance it could be, uh, be a decision, you know. Like, he's a type of guy. I'm not, I'm not planning to, to finish him early, let's just say that, because that's, <laughs> That's almost everyone who loses to him with Achilles heel. They go, oh, I'm going to put this guy away. And they pour it on and he just eats it. And he just, he comes back and he drowns you. Uh, I will not be drowned. So in my head, we're, we're going for a three round war and I'm just going to beat him every single, every single minute of every single round. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Now, before I let you go, there is a question I do like asking as many fighters as I possibly can. I'm a guy who loves sure. a good story about, MMA nicknames. I like knowing where they came from, and you've got one of my favorite in the whole sport, and that's Boondock. Can you tell me the story about how Tristan Connolly became Boondock? Uh, yeah, just a bit of a fluke, actually. One of my, my favorite movies, me and my buddies, was uh, one of your teenagers was Boondock Saints. And when I had to walk out, I wanted uh, had, had to pick a song, and I was like, well, I'm going to go out, use the, uh, the intro music to that song, so or to that movie. So I just put that... I, I, I did it once, and the promoter loved it. And every time I fought, he he used that song. And then one day, he had me introduced as Boondock, and it was on Sheer Dog the next day. So like, it just I had no control over it; it just happened naturally. So I still walk out to that same music every fight, and uh, you know, puts me puts me right where I need to be. Well, we're looking forward to hearing that music, and we're of course looking forward to seeing you fight, Darren Elkins. Once again, fans, this has been Tristan Connolly, who has that fight with Darren Elkins. At UFC Vegas 53, that fight on April 30th. Tristan, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. No worries, Dan. Thanks for having me on the show. Talk to you later. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Tristan Connolly. I, once again, am Daniel Gubby Freeland, joined now by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, this past weekend, UFC Vegas 51, kind of a fucking boring event, if I'm being <laughs> up front. Uh, so we'll keep it real quick. Who do you like next for Bilal Muhammad? He called out Colby Covington. Do you want to see him get that fight? Yeah, I think there's uh, matches to be made amongst these three guys, Colby, Kamzat, and Belial, and I like any combination of that. Uh, so it really depends on, you know, lining up uh, who fights who, and then obviously the problem with Colby there is Colby could beat either Kamzat or Belial, but he would not get a title shot. I don't need to see him lose to Kamara Usman a third time, but a win over Colby by either Belial Muhammad or Kamzat, to me, instant title shot. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you entirely. Uh, I say for whoever doesn't get matched up out of those three, 
throw Sean Brady into the mix. Uh, make it a little four-man. Mm. Uh, and then if you don't like that Colby beats, you know, let's say Colby beats Bilal Muhammad, you got the winner of Kamzat and Sean Brady to be the title challenger instead in their place. And, and of course, you know, we're, we're completely overlooking the fact that Kamar Usman does have a fight, uh, if not officially booked, like right on the horizon with Leon Edwards. So um, there's that there, too. And Leon Edwards off of a loss would be an intriguing play for any of them as well. Um, and, and obviously, if, if Leon did the unthinkable, we'd see the rematch and there'd be even more time for them to figure shit out. But... Um, yeah, I, I think there's a bunch of fights for him. Um, and I'm not, you know, super eager to see very many of them. Uh, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. Yep. I'm with you entirely. I'll tell you what is here and there though. And it's fights, dogs and parlays for UFC Vegas 52. So they're back in Vegas, uh, and somewhat of an underwhelming card again. But if you're an MMA nerd like us, there are some reasons to be excited. Some, and of course, there are gambling implications that we want to talk about. So, Gumby, before we get into our favorite segment on the show where we break down a couple of fights, give you a live dog and a parlay to play, one may wonder if anyone sponsors this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Well, speaking of betting, Fights, Dogs, and Parlays is brought to you by Double Nickels Sports Betting. You can check out Nichols over on Instagram at 55DoubleNickels55. My guy's going to send you five picks each and every morning from the world of the NBA, NHL, MLB, MMA, and of course, tennis. And I'm not lying when I'm saying he's hitting almost five every single day. And unlike so many of those other guys who are trying to just get you to follow their picks, he's giving you far more than that. He gives you tips and insight that put him in the front of the game and will put you there as well. And with prices that never exceed five bucks or ten bucks a day and go as low as five bucks a day, there's no reason not to give him a try. Plus, when you mention our podcast, when you sign up, he'll hit you with a 10% discount. Don't delay. That's at 55DoubleNickels55 on Instagram, DoubleNickels Sports Betting. All right, let's start with the main avant. Jessica Andrade, a minus 170 favorite. Amanda Lemoche, a plus 150 dog. Andrade coming off a win over Cynthia Cavillo, of course lost, lost to Valentina Shevchenko for the UFC Women's Flyweight Champions before that. Beat Caitlin Shkagian before that with losses to Rose Namajunas and Wang Zilei, uh, Zhang Weili before that. So two and three in her last five with the three losses being to like three of the best women on the planet. Uh, but Andrade clearly on top of her game herself and looking to get a win here and make a two to row against Amanda Lemos. Uh, Lemos is on a who doggy, a six fight win streak. No, excuse me. A five fight win streak since debuting in the UFC. She's coming off a split decision win over Angela Hill. She is the dog here though. A plus one fifty. Who you got? I'm actually going to take Amanda Lemos in this fight. Uh, I think, don't get me wrong, I, I actually think Jessica Andraj a better fighter, but I think Amanda Lemos has a lot of tools that make this a tough fight for her, and I think the fact that it's a five-round fight plays in her favor. Andraj has always been kind of, you know, the big power puncher, right? Like, that's what we always know her as, somebody who slammed out Rose Namajunas for the title. But outside of that, like, you know, a couple of takedowns might work, but Amanda Lemos has exceptional takedown defense. She's got great cardio. And she herself has pretty gnarly knockout power. She's got two first-round knockouts and I think her last three fights, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I, I actually think Lemos hangs with her from the striking perspective, wears her out, wins the late rounds, and I, I like the dog money here on Amanda Lemos. Wow, I am liking it. And not even our dog of the week, but a big dog pick just to kick things off. All right, now, 
I'll be very surprised if you take this next person as a dog because Ike Villanueva is a plus 400 to Tyson <laughs> Pedro, who's a minus 570 favorite. But let's get into it a little bit. Tyson Pedro is on a two-fight losing streak. Losses to Ovin St. Prue and Mauricio Shogun. Hua has not fought in a long time. Ike Villanueva also on a two-fight losing streak. Losses to Nicolay Negamaruno and Marcin Precinio. That was back in uh, 2021, but did have a win in 2021 over Vinicius Marrera. So one and two in his last three, one and two in 2021. Big dog here. Who you got? Yeah, it's weird to see a guy who hasn't fought in four years at negative 570, and it makes me a little bit hesitant to pick him. But at the end of the day, Tyson Pedro was a highly touted prospect who just kind of like didn't work out for a couple of fights and has been away for a really long time now. I still think he's probably got better hands than Ike Villanueva. Uh, and in addition to that, Ike Villanueva kind of just a boxer. Um, you know, like he, he's never really shown too much interest in wrestling and, you know, using his ground game, even if he's got it. So I think Tyson Pedro's got the avenue to win on the feet because I do think he's a better striker. I think he could use the grappling. If he looks anything like we saw him four years ago, he should be able to deal with Villanueva here. With that being said, negative 570 on a guy who's been away for this long. I'm probably steering clear of that number, but uh, the straight-up pick here is Tyson Pedro. I think that's totally fair. Is very weird to see such a strong favorite who hasn't fought in three years, though. Uh, let's get on then to my favorite fighter fighting on this card. It's Clay Guida, the man that just won't quit. He's Superman, I tell you. He's a minus-135 favorite over Claudio uh, Puelas, a plus-115 dog. Guida coming off a win over Leonardo Santos. Lost to Mark Manson via split decision before that and beat Michael Johnson via unanimous decision before that. So he was 2-1 in 2021 and 2-1 and in his last three, obviously. Uh, Claudio Puelas is on a four-fight win streak in the UFC since losing at the Ultimate Fighter Latin America 3 finale back in November of 2016 uh, when he debuted in the AFC. He, or excuse me, he's on a four-fight win streak. Since that time, wins over Felipe Silva, Jordan Levitt, uh, Chris Grutzemaker, uh, and Marcos Mariano. Uh, hasn't been the most active person. One fight in 2018, one fight in 2019, and two fights in 2021. So getting more active, a very slight dog here. Who you got? So first of all, I would say, you know, that, that two-year layoff that happened in between the Mariano fight and the Levitt fight came because of a switch of camps all amidst the uh, pandemic and stuff like that. He wound up at Sanford MMA, and when he beat the hell out of Jordan Levitt, he looked like a completely new guy. Uh, he looked amazing against Grootsmacher, hitting that knee bar. He's now got two knee bar finishes. I I'm taking Puelish. I, I actually think Claudio Puelish gives Clay Guida a bunch of problems on the ground, which is, is crazy to say, right? Because Guida, that's always been kind of like his go-to, his cardio and his wrestling. But I think Puelish is just craftier there, and he's shown that he can take down grapplers and deal with them on the mat. I mean, Jordan Levitt is a guy who's now won two or three fights in a row without, uh, you know, very much striking to speak of. But he still grappled with him and still beat him in the grappling. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Puelish here, even uh, as a slight underdog. I think he deals with the grappling of uh, Clay Guida, and I think he wins it on the feet, too. Wow, a couple of dog picks here, but our official dog of the week is Montana De La Rosa, plus 160 over Macy Barber. Break it down. 
Yeah, I just am very low on Macy Barber's wrestling defense in general. Uh, I think she she has got a lot of skills in her striking. I, I think her submission game's pretty good. I think she's decent when she's on top uh, in the grappling, but I do think one of her biggest problems is she deals with wrestling really poorly. Montana De La Rosa has been wrestling for a really long time. It's the best part of her game. So I think there's a clear path to victory here, and if you're looking for somebody at plus 160, uh, who's got a very obvious path to victory that hopefully she's, you know, written down the blueprint for. You got to like her at that number. So plus 160 for Montana De La Rosa. All right. Our parlay to play, uh, Charles Jordan, a minus 150. Manel Cape, a minus 150. Pair them together, plus 175. Let's hear it. So Manel Cape, I love Manel Cape. Uh, I think he's looked absolutely amazing since uh, kind of turning his career around. Uh, with his last two wins, he's come out more aggressive. He's looked much better. I think Sumaderji is very good. He's really long, but I think part of the problem with him here is he's going to have to throw with Manel Cape, and, and he's just not as fast as Manel is. Uh, and I also like uh, Charles Jordan here against Lando Venata. Venata is going to try to bring the wrestling game to Jordan, but I think Jordan's just faster and is going to be able to stuff enough that this fight stays on the feet. So I like Jordan and Cape together. Uh, plus 175 seems like an easy play. Well, we like that parlay to play, and we hope you liked this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Let us know on our Twitter, at MMA. Ditto on our Instagram, at MMA. Let us know if we did you right. Let us know if we did you dirty with these picks. Gumby, this train is a-rumbling down the tracks. Where should we stop next? We're going to transition now to my interview with Mike Breeden, who fights next week at UFC Vegas 53. But of course, before we get to that interview, I do have to let you know that this interview is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E, Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial arts, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions, tag your training partners, log competitions, weigh-ins, and so much more. Ditch that dirty jiu-jitsu journal and get yourself Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps. Maroon Social brings you this interview with Mike Breeden. All right, and joining me today is Mike Breeden, who fights Natan Levy at UFC Vegas 53. That fight is on April 30th. So, Mike, I wanted to start by talking about your debut last October. Obviously, it doesn't go the way you want, but it has to be an absolute crazy ride. You get the notice on just about a week's notice. Recap a little for us just how crazy all of that was for you. Man, it was extremely crazy. Uh, it, was, it was my... Yeah, I believe it was my son's birthday, and uh, we're sitting, we're eating, uh, eating some cake, celebrating his birthday, and I get the phone call, and they're like, whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing, <laughs> and uh, start water loading and stuff. Uh, I literally put the fork down and quit eating cake and, you know, started getting focused for it. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a great birthday present for my son, um, um, but it was a... Uh, quite a ride yeah i i can i gotta i gotta ask though how, how deep are you into that piece of birthday cake because making weight uh, after all that over is... halfway for sure <laughs> not including the big old dinner we just had oh. before that before the cake came out i was like oh man <laughs> so so obviously you know like you, you come up two pounds you know heavy in or two and a half pounds heavy in the weigh-in do you feel like, you know, some of that was ill being ill-prepared? Do you feel like some of that, you know, sort of weighed down exactly what you were doing in the cage? Like, how, how much did that last, you know, weight cut really take out of you? Man, um, 
It was a rough weight cut. Um, I mean, I think off the top of my head, it was like, I mean, from, I think it was like like eight, nine days. It was like, I want to say like, not 100%, but like 23, something like 23 pounds or something like that. And it's not, that's not good to do it that quick. Um, I mean, I've, I stay in the gym, so like, that didn't have really anything to do with it, but I think one major thing from that was cutting that much weight in that in that short of time really played on how much damage I could take. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but uh, I'm not trying to take anything from him. He's a beast, you know. But um, uh, this time around, I got ten weeks to prepare, so a lot of different circumstances <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and, and i take it no cake this training camp <laughs> yeah nope <laughs> well that's good to hear now i, I want to ask you obviously about this upcoming training camp but whenever i talk to guys who train at glory I, I always like to ask them about james Krause because it seems like every single guy from glory who i ask about working with the man always has a different thing that they find works well for them with him like he he almost like tailors his own personal style to his fighters, what what exactly made you click with James Krause since you started working with him, and and why why have you stayed there the whole time? Um, he just always keeps it real with me, and um, he would never ask me to do anything that he wouldn't do or already, ha- you know. He has, he wouldn't ask me to do anything that he already hasn't tried or done, or you know what I'm saying? Like he's just keeping it real, and um, he's got something. He just knows what to say to me to get me going, mm-hmm. you know. He he just knows how to talk to me when I need it, especially in the cage. Awesome. And um, and, and now that you, you've got a full camp with James Krause for this fight, a, a fight where you can prepare, you've got an opponent in front of you, you're not, you know, spending literally the entire nine days trying to get 23 pounds off. How much sharper do you feel going into this fight? Like you said, you, you didn't necessarily not feel like you were yourself, but you know, you, you've got a game plan now and you, you've got a, a style that you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, it's big. Like I, I feel great. I feel explosive, strong, fast. Everything's just clicking in all cylinders, you know, like I'm always training, but like that last fight, like it's just, I didn't have time to prepare for him. Um, you know, I, I was, I've come, I'm running that. Like, you know, when I, when I get booked for a fight, I start running a lot. So I stay lighter on my feet um, that last fight, I got a little flat footed, um, but I'm, I'm just all around sharper and, um, a game plan definitely going to help like, you know, going into a fight with the game plan Absolutely. and, um, being up prepared for that. Absolutely. And, and we're going to talk about that game plan in a second, but I want to take it back to your running. Cause you know, I know obviously fighters do a, a quite a bit of running in training camp, but what, what's your running regimen look like when you are in training camp? What do, you, what do you mean by how much you pick it up when it comes time for training camp? Uh, like normally, like when I when I'm not in camp, I just train, you know, uh, twice a day, you know, five to six days a week. But then when I get to camp, uh, I run two to three times a week, like four to five miles, uh, to to help get my weight down, and it, it just all around helps. It keeps me super light on my toes and it, you know, increases my explosiveness. I like so, it. Yeah. And this is like, honestly, this is like, um, I mean, not very many people know, but I think not exact numbers, but like close to two years. This is the first time I get a camp. Um, all my, all my fights, all my last four fights have been on, um, 
short notice, week notice, week and a half notice. So, um, and still getting the job done besides the last one. Um, well, they can finish this fight. I didn't get my, my hand raised on that one, but like I booked the fight seven weeks out for that one and then had surgery the next day. Like I went, I had emergency surgery, had a bunch of adhesion in my gut and internal bleeding. And I didn't, I only had what, like three weeks of training to get ready for that light training. Jeez. So like, so I, this would be my first camp in like almost two years. So it'd be nice. It's, it's real nice. <laughs> I, I bet that would be nice. Now, I, I, I got to ask you because, you know, like that, that is a, a pretty serious thing to deal with before a fight with a really tough guy in Anthony Romero back on the Contender Series. It, what did that make you feel like in the cage? Was, you know, you're, you're telling me before that, you know, the, the really brutal weight cut pretty much only took your ability to, you know, take damage. You didn't feel like it zapped your cardio or your strength or anything like that, but... You know, you, you just told me that you, you had to deal with some pretty serious surgery in only a couple of weeks of training before your contender series fight. What, how badly did that hinder you in that one? Um, it, it hindered me bad because, um, like, I had surgery and then I was on bed rest. Like, I, I was on, like, rest for, like, four and a half weeks. So then I had, like, what, two and a half, three weeks of, like, light training. So the only thing I could do was, like, walk on the treadmill on incline on, like, ten um bag work i couldn't have i didn't have much i couldn't do like live sparring and like i was gonna pull out of the fight but they're like no we gotta wing it like you know what i'm saying and then when we get there all my cornermen's popped for covid so i had no corner i had no coaches i had to have a you know a eric from um i think extreme couture corner me and a great guy loving the death i just we just weren't you know we, we speak different languages and i just needed more time to work with them but we did what we could. We fought our butt off, you know, and um, we just fell short that night. Well, we're... and he's actually Anthony Romero actually came out to our gym last week. Great dude. Um, had fun training with them. Him met him and his brother. Great guys. So... Always good to hear. Always good to hear. Well, yeah. we're we're now really excited to see what full training camp Mike Breeden looks like, and I want to talk about this fight because you're fighting Natan Levy. He's a guy who who comes from a karate background originally. How do you feel like your style plays with what you've seen of him so far? Uh, I think it works perfectly. He's a perf- This is a perfect matchup for me. Um, the little bit that I know about some of the footage, like, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, watching Raw, him fighting Garcia, Ralph Garcia, um, he was uh, he would just march him down forward, heavy boxing, a little bit of fit, a little bit of takedowns and stuff like that. And I think that I do all those things better, you know. Um, I've been prepared. I've been going with a lot of Southpaw guys and been preparing for them. Uh, yeah, he's got that karate style. You know, he's super, super dangerous in the first three three minutes. He's super, you know, fast with those feet. But uh, we've been preparing for that. Um, I just can't, uh, I'm not going to give him any space to get those kicks off. Well, that, that, I love the sound of that. Now I got to ask, cause you said you feel like he's super dangerous in the first three minutes. You, you under a full training camp is certainly a new animal. How do you feel like you're going to get this one done? What's your prediction for this fight? Um, I predicted, man, I'm a little bit of a slow starter. So I'm saying like round two, five, you know, middle round two knockout. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Mike Breeden fights Natan Levy at UFC Vegas 53. That fight on April 30th. Mike, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it, man.
Thank you. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We could not do what we do without you guys. We also want to thank our sponsors, Maroon Social, Better Than Vegas, and, of course, Double Nickel Sports Betting. And a reminder, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Top Turtle MMA in both of those locations. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gumby-Vreeland. He is Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we'll catch you then.